Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. at us recording without our blankies that's right i'm a mom and peyton's a kid and we both have blankies sure mine looks like a rag (laughs) but we neither one of us have our blankies because mine's in my room and peyton's is in her room and we're recording in the spare bedroom because the cats are looney tune fruit loops yeah Mm-hmm. Yep. You could say it out loud. Don't be embarrassed. If, honestly, if you say that, it'll make other kids your age feel less embarrassed to feel like that. What'd you ask me? Mm-hmm. She asked, like... Uh, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Well, I don't want you to say it because then it makes it more embarrassing. Okay, what did you ask? I asked uh, after the podcast she could stay in my room until I fall asleep. I think every 8-year-old, 9-year-old, and 10-year-old would love that. Well, I think you're so silly to be embarrassed, but I think it's very cute and sweet. And honestly, your kids only want to be with their mom until they're old enough, and then they just don't want to be with their mom anymore. So guess what? I'm taking it while I can get it. Or dads. Or dads. That's right. Good call. Sorry, dads out there. Okay. A series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket. Book the eighth. The hostile hostile. Hostile. Oh my God. I want to say hostile. The Hostile Hospital. The Hostile Hospital. <laughs> Chapter 8. Heimlich Hospital is gone now and will probably never be rebuilt. If you want to revisit it, you have to convince a farmer to let you borrow his mule, for nobody in the surrounding area is willing to go within 12 miles of its wreckage. And once you arrive, you can hardly blame them. The few scraps of the building that have survived are covered with thick and prickly type of ivy called kudzu i wonder if that's real or if that's made up which makes it difficult to see what the hospital looks like when the baudelaire's first arrived at vfd the confusing maps have been gnawed off by the walls of of sagging staircases so it's very hard to imagine how troublesome it was to find one's way through the rare the areas of the building and the intercom system has long since crumbled away with only a handful of square speakers left sitting among the ash and rubble. Did it burn down? Interesting. Ash and rubble. So it's impossible to imagine just how unnerving it was when Klaus and Sonny heard the latest announcement from the, from Mattathias. 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 Oh, Mattathias. Did I say it right before? Mattathias. My name is Mattathias Medical School. That's what his name is? Mattathias Medical School? Yep. Oh my gosh. I don't think that's in the book so far. Attention! Did he say it like that? Attention! Oh, attention! Mattathias announced there were no intercom speakers installed in the unfinished half of the hospital, so the two younger Baudelaire's had to listen very hard to hear his scratchy voice of their enemies coming from the outdoor speaker. Attention! Like, how does he say it? Here, I can say it. Okay, go. He says it two more times. 
Um, Attention, Matthias announced. There were no... In- oh, no, that's... Oh. that's yeah. <laughs> here, here, here you go. It's right here. Attention, attention. Attention, attention. This is Matthias, uh, the head of human resources. I am canceling the the reminder of hospital... The remainder. The reminder... Remainder. The remainder... <laughs> of the hospital inspections we have found what we were looking for there was a pause metathias was moved as metathias moved away from the microphone and klaus and sunny listened very hard they could hear the faint faint noise of a triumphant high-pitched laughter coming from the head of human resources excuse me he continued when he when his giggling fit was over. To continue, please be aware that the three Baudelaire murderers, Klaus, Sonny, and I mean Clyde, Susie, and Susie Baudelaire, have been spotted in the hospital. If you see any children you recognize from the Daily Punctilio, please capture them and notify the police. Metathias stopped talking and began to giggle again until the children heard the voice of Esme Squalor whispering, Darling, you forgot to turn off the intercom. Then there was a click and everything was silent. They caught her, Klaus said. This, now that the sun has risen, it wasn't very cold in the half unfinished, of the ho- unfinished half of the hospital, but the middle Baudelaire shivered nonetheless. That's, why Metathias met, that's what Metathias means when he said that they had found what they were looking for. Danger, Sunny said grimly. She certainly is, Klaus said, and we have to rescue Violet before it's too late. Verm, Sunny said, which meant, but we don't know where she is. She must be moving some, she must be somewhere in the hospital, Klaus said. Otherwise, Mattathias wouldn't still be here. And Esme, he and Esme are probably hoping to capture us too. Rance, Sunny said, and the file, Klaus agreed, taking the, taking the 13th page out of his pocket where it had been, where he'd been storaging, storing it for safekeeping all along with the scraps of the quagmire notebooks. Come on, Sonny, we've got to find our sister and get her out of there. Lunderstow, Sonny said. She meant that'll be tough. We have to wander the hospital looking for her while other people are wandering the hospital looking for us. I know, Klaus said glumly. If anyone recognizes us from the daily punctilio, we'll be in jail before we can help Violet. Disguise, Sonny said. I don't know how, Klaus said, looking around the half-finished room. All we have in here is some flashlights and a few drop cloths, which is supposed, which I suppose if we wrap the drop cloths around and put the flashlight on top of our heads, we could try to disguise ourselves as a pile of construction material. Goodis, Sunny said, which meant, but piles of construction and material don't wander around the hospitals. Then we'll have to We'll have to walk the hospital without disguises, Klaus said. We'll just have to be extra careful. Sonny nodded with emphatically, nodded emphatically, a word here which means as if she was being extra careful. It was a very good plan, and Klaus nodded emphatically back. But as they left the half, the half wing of the hospital, the two children felt less and less emphatic about what they were doing. Ever since that terrible day at the beach when Mr. Poe brought them the news of the fire, the three Baudelaire's had been extra careful all that time. They had been extra careful when they lived with Count Olaf, and Sonny had still ended up dangling from the cage outside of Olaf's office, tower room. They had been extra careful when they looked at Sonny, look, worked at the Lucky Smells lumber mill, 
and when Klaus had still ended up hypnotized by Dr. Orwell, and now the Baudelaire's had been extra careful as they could possibly be at the, in the hospital, but the hospital turned out to be a hostile environment as any, anywhere the three children have ever lived. But just as Klaus and Sonny entered the finish half of the hosp- of Himmlich Hospital, Heimlich Hospital, sorry, their feet moving less and less emphatically and their hearts beating faster and faster, they heard something that soothed the savage beast. We are volunteer firefighting disease. We're here. Wait, wait. We, oh God, I can't even. It's down here. It starts here. Okay, ready? <coughs> here she is, ladies and gentlemen. We're... We are volunteers fighting disease, and we're cheerful all and we're cheerful all day long. Some someone said we, that we were said that person would be wrong. Oh, and then Jacob. Okay, we have to sing quietly because Peyton's stepdad's sleeping because he got a little sicky sick today. So he, we have to put singing quietly. He he came home sick. He wasn't feeling good. There, coming around the corner, were volunteer fighter fighting disease walking down the hall, singing their cheerful song and carrying an enormous bunch of heart-shaped balloons. Klaus and Sunny looked at one another and ran to catch up with the group. What a what better place to hide among the people who believe that no news is good news, and so didn't and so they didn't read the newspaper. We oh, go ahead. We. Visit people who are sick and try to make them smile, even if their nose bleed or they cough up bile. Bile, gross. Where's bile? Like when you throw up. You know when you're throwing up and you have the flu and there's nothing left in your stomach and you throw up green stuff. That's not. No, that's bile. That's stomach acid. Bile, stomach acid. You know. To ew, snot. That would be gross. To the children's relief, the volunteers paid no attention as Klaus and Sonny infiltrated the group, a phrase here which means sneaked into the middle of the singing crowd. Sometimes your spit has snot in it. Yeah, that makes sense. An especially cheerful singer who seemed to be the only one who noticed, and she immediately handed a balloon to each newcomer. Klaus and Sonny held the balloons in front of their faces so nobody passing by would see the two volunteers' shiny would see the two volunteers' shiny helium balloon, balloon hearts instead of their two accused criminal hiding in VFD. Okay, rest of the song. Tra-la-la. Tra-la-la, fiddly Hope you get well soon. Oh-ho-hee-hee-hee. Have balloon. Good job. I don't even have to look. I know. As the volunteers reached the chorus... Reached the chorus of the song, they marched to the hospital room un- in order to start giving cheerful attitude to the patient inside the room, each lying uncomfortably in a metal bed where a man with the boot legs and a cast with a woman with arms and bandages, still singing, a man from VFD handed one balloon to the man and tied the other to the woman's cast because she could not hold it with their broken with her broken arms excuse me said the woman in the in the man oh my gosh excuse me said the woman hoarsely could you please call a nurse for me it was supposed i was supposed to be taking some painkillers this morning but nobody has come to give them to me and i'd like a glass of water the woman said in a weak voice if it's not too much trouble Sorry, water. oh yeah sorry the bearded the bearded man replied pausing for a moment tuning his guitar we don't have time to do things like that we have to visit each and every one of the rooms in the hospital so we need to move quickly 
Besides, another volunteer said, giving two patients is a is giving two patients a huge grin. A cheerful attitude is more effective in a way of fighting illnesses than painkillers or a glass of water. So cheer up and enjoy your balloon. The volunteers consulted a list he was holding. Next on the patient list was a man named Bernard Rooks in room 105 of the plague ward. Come on, brothers and sisters. The members of the VFD cheered and continued the song as they left the room. Klaus and Sonny peered around the balloon as they were holding and looked in another room and looked at one another in hope. If we visit each room in every hospital, Klaus whispered, we're sure to find Violet. <gasps> Mushlin, Sonny said, which meant, oh, I agree. Although it wouldn't be pleasant to see all those sick people. Okay, go ahead. We visit. We visit people who are ill and try to make them laugh. Even if they, if the doctors say he has this, he must saw them in half. Okay, that is a morbid core. Oh my God. Bernard Rooks turned out to be a man with a nasty hacking cough that shook his body so much that he could scarcely hold his balloon. And it seemed to be the two Baudelaire children that that a good humidifier would have been more effective ways to fight a disease rather than a cheerful attitude as the member of VF, members of VFD drowned out his cough with another verse of the song. Klaus and Sonny were tempted to, to run and find a humidifier and bring, back, bring it back to Bernard Rooks's room, but they knew that Violet was much in much more danger someone with, rather than someone in a cough, so they stayed hidden in the group. Ready? We sing and sing all day, all night and day, and then we sing some more. We sing to boys with broken bones, and we sing to girls with sore throats. No, whose throats are sore? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, whatever. The next patient on the list was Cynthia Vane, a young woman with a terrible toothache who probably would have preferred something cold and easy to eat instead of a heart-shaped balloon. But as soon as her mouth look, as soon as her mouth looked. The children dared not run to find her applesauce or an ice cream snack. They knew she might have read the daily punctilio in order to pass the hours in the hospital room and might recognize them if they showed their faces. Tra-la-la, fiddle-dee-dee, hope you get well soon. Ho-ho-ho, hee-hee-hee, have a heart balloon. Oh, on and on, the volunteers marched, and Klaus and Sonny marched with them, but with every ho-ho-ho and hee-hee-hee, their hearts sank lower and lower. The poo, bo- the poo, the two Baudelaire's followed the members of VFD up and down the staircases of the hospital. And although they saw a great number of confusing maps in an intercom system and sick people, they did not catch a glimpse of their sister. They visited room 201 and sang to Jonah Maple, who was suffering from a seasickness. And they gave a heart-shaped balloon to Charlie Anderson in room 714, who had injured himself in an accident. So, and so they visited Clarissa Dalloway, who did not seem to have anything wrong with her, but was sat staring sadly out the window of room 1308. But nowhere in any of these rooms did the volu- that these volunteers marched in was Violet Baudelaire, who Klaus and Sonny feared was suffering more than any of the other patients. Caillou and Sonny said as the volunteers walked up yet another staircase. She meant something along the lines of, We'd been wandering around the hospital all morning and were no closer to rescuing our sister, Klaus nodded grimly in agreement. I know, Klaus said, but the members of VFD are not going to visit every single person in every in the Hemlock Hospital. We're sure Heimlich, sorry. Heimlich Hospital, we're sure to find Violet eventually. Attention, attention, a voice announced, and the 
volunteers stopped singing and gathered around the nearest intercom speaker to hear what Mattathias had to say. Attention, Mattathias said. Today is a very important day in the history of the hospital. In precisely one hour, a doctor here will be will perform the world's first crani, craniectomy, craniectomy on a 14-year-old girl. We all hope this is we all hope this very dangerous operation is a complete success. That is all. Violet, Sunny said to her brother. I think so too, Klaus said, and I don't like the sound of that operation. A cranio means head, and ectomy means as a medical t- term for removing something. Decap, Sunny said, horrified, with a horrified whispered. She means something like, do you think they're going to t- cut off Violet's head? I don't know, Klaus said. I she was going to say decapitate. Yeah, I, I think so. But we can't wander around with these singing volunteers anymore. We've got to find her right away. Okay, a, a volunteer called consult on the consulting list. The next patient is Emma Bovary in room 2611. She has food poisoning, so she needs a particularly cheerful attitude. Excuse me, brother, Klaus said to the volunteer reluctantly using the term brother instead of person I hardly know. I was wondering if I could borrow a copy of your patient list. Of course, the volunteer replied. I don't read all of these names of sick people anyways. It's too depressing. I'd rather look at the balloons. With a cheerful smile, the volunteer handed Klaus the long list of patients and took the heart-shaped balloon out of his hands as the bearded man began the next verse of the song. Okay, you ready for the next one? Here you go. And we sing to men with measles, and we sing to women with the flu, and if you breathe in deadly germs, we'll probably sing to you. Weird song, huh? With a face, his face exposed, Klaus had to duck behind Sonny's balloon to look at the list of the hospital patients. There are hundreds of people on this list, he said to his sister, and we can't organize by ward. And we, and it's organized by ward, not patient name. We can't read all over these hallway particular, all all in the hallway particularly when we both have to hide behind a balloon. Oh, Damajat. Sunny said, pointing down the hall by Jamajat. She meant something like, Let the, let's hide in that supply closet over there. And sure enough, there was a door marked supply closet at the end of the hallway past the two doctors who had passed the chat, the chart beside one of the confusing maps. While the members of VFD stared at the chorus in their song, they walked towards Emma Emma Bovary's room. Klaus and Sunny separated them by putting the volunteer by separated themselves from the volunteers and walked carefully towards the closet, holding the balloon in front of the both of their faces as best as they could. Luckily, the two doctors were too busy talking about a sporting event that they had watched on television to even notice the two accused murders sneaking down the hallway of their hospital. And by the time the volunteers were singing... Go ahead. Good job. Klaus and Sunny were inside the closet like a church bell, a coffin, or a vat of melted chocolate, a supply closet is a really comfortable place to hide, and the supply closet was no exception. When they shut the door of the closet behind them, the two younger Baudelaire's found themselves in a small, cramped room lit by only flickering light bulbs hanging from that ceiling. In one room was a row of, oh, on one wall was a row of medical coats hanging from hooks, and on the opposite wall was a rusty sink where one could wash their hands before examining patients. Oh, rusty sink. That sounds clean, huh? Mm-hmm. 
The rest of the closet was full of huge cans of alphabet soup for patients' lunches and small boxes of rubber bands, which the children could not imagine came in very handy at a hospital. Well, Klaus said, it's not comfortable, but at least nobody will find us in here. Peesh, Sunny said, which meant something like, at least until nobody needs rubber bands, alphabet soup, or white medical coats, or clean hands. Well, let's keep an eye, one eye on the doctor to see if anyone comes, uh, on the door to see if anyone comes in, Klaus said, but let's keep the other eye on the list. It's very long, but now we have found a few moments to look it over, so we should be able to spot Violet's name. Right, said Sunny. Klaus placed the list on top of the can, on the can of soup, and hurried, and hurriedly began to flip through the pages, as he'd noticed the list of patients were not organized alphabetically, but by a ward by ward, a word here which means particular section of the hospital. So the children had to look through every single page to spot Violet's name, despite spot the name Violet Baudelaire among the names of the sick people. But they, as they glanced at the list of people under the, under the heading sore throat ward, per, peruse the names broken neck ward page and comb through the names of all the people who were staying at the ward for people with nasty rashes. Sunny and Klaus felt as though, <laughs> are you falling asleep? Yep. As felt as though they were in a ward for sick people with st- sinking stomachs because Violet's name was nowhere to be found. As the light bulb flickered above them, the two Baudelaire's looked frantically at a page after page of the list, but they found nothing that would help them locate their sister. She's not here, Klaus said, pointing down the list. Pneumonia ward. Violet's name is nowhere on the list. Here are we going. How are we going to find her in this huge hospital if we can't even figure out what ward she's in? Elias, Sun- Sunny said, which meant maybe she's under a different name. Oh, that's true, Klaus said, looking at the list again. After all, Mattathias' real name is Count Olaf. Maybe he made up a new name for Violet so we couldn't rescue her. But which person is Vi- is really Violet? She could, she could only be... She could be anyone from Makhil Bolkovac to Haruki Marukamama. And what are we going to, what are we going to do? Somewhere in the hospital, they're going to get ready to perform a completely unnecessary surgery on our sister. And we, Klaus was interrupted by the sound of cackly laughter coming from the Baudelaire's heads. The two children looked up and saw that a square intercom had been installed in the ceiling. Attention. Mattathias said when he was done laughing. Dr. Fluctuano, please report to the surgical ward. Dr. Fluctuano, please report to the surgical ward to prepare for the craniectomy. Fluctuano? Sunny repeated. I recognize that name too, Klaus said. That's a false name that used by Count Olaf's associate when he lived in Paltryville. Trio Freck, Sunny said frantically. She meant Violet is in grave danger. We have to find her immediately. But Klaus did not answer behind his glasses. His eyes were fully closed. Or or his eyes were half closed if they often were when he was trying to remember something he had read. Fluctuano, he muttered, Fluctuano. Then he reached in his pocket where he had been keeping most important papers of the Baudelaire's had gathered. All fun cute, he said. He, and he took one of the last pages of the Quagmire notebook. It was the last page written on the words anagram, a phrase here that may not make any sense to the Baudelaire's when they looked at the pages together. Klaus and the Quag, Klaus looked at the Quagmire page and then at the list of patients and then at the page again. When he looked at Sunny and she could see his eyes grew from wide behind his glasses, the very way 
they always did when he had read something very difficult and understood it at least. I think I know how to find Violet, Klaus said to slowly, but we need your teeth, Sonny. Ready, Sonny said, opening her mouth. Klaus smiled and pointed to the stack of cans in the supply closet. Open one of these alphabet can soups, he said, and in a hurry. Bum, bum, bum. And Peyton is asleep. Peyton is asleep. Mm. <laughs> All right, you're only reading one chapter tonight, I think. <laughs>